0: Just before the woman went into the job interview, she took a deep breath. I'm gonna get this job, she said to herself. A different woman is looking at the pregnancy test kit one time, two times, three times. The same woman, nine months later, looking at her newborn healthy baby. The same woman, five years after that, looking at that now five-year-old who just broke the dish on purpose as far as she can tell. The same woman, maybe 12 years after that, looking at her teenager who's just been busted for underage drinking. The same woman, now maybe another six years after that, looking at her child who is now so deeply in love with another human being. Each time she looks at this child, I I love you, I love you, I'll love you forever, she said to herself. And one more woman, near the end of her life, lying in bed, surrounded by her family, uh, looking at all of them and suddenly confused, maybe alarmed, maybe a little sad, but then catching herself and and relieved and actually kind of joyous. I'm in God's hands, she said to herself. In today's gospel lesson, there's this woman who's had this 12 year A gynecological issue that's just referred to as a hemorrhage or flow of blood by the evangelist Matthew. And and Jesus walks by, if I just touch the fringe of his garment, I will be healed, she said to herself. I can't think of a better example in the Gospels of what we talk about often, which is that prayer uh, so often is just our normal thinking, but done with an awareness of the presence of God. And so as you make your decisions, reflect on the past, anticipate the future, deal with your mistakes, try and understand the world, if, if when you do that you're tracking that God is a part of that thinking, then, then it's a prayer and, and prayers like that are, are honest and they're full of disclosure and they put us in touch with God and, and they are They are such authentic and real prayers. I thought about all these things in the presence of God. I said to myself, it's a prayer. Now that's not to discount the importance of repetitious and historical prayers that we say together. Think of the power of being together to say the Lord's Prayer. Think of of Islam and, and a thousand people in a mosque praying together in the same posture, the same prayer as they've done. for for centuries. Think of of a Jewish family gathering uh, saying Kaddish, this this prayer for the mourners that that allows them to both let go of and hold on to the one that they love. Think of the liturgical prayers of the Mass and the Catholic and Orthodox traditions. Those two are powerful prayers. Protestantism, the part to which we belong, has always stressed the individual spontaneous personal prayer, and and those are valid and important too. I think it's a matter of appreciating the, the uniqueness and power of both corporate repetitious prayer, which is important and deeply valuable, as well as that of individual personal prayer. I said to myself as I thought in the presence of God. So today's gospel lesson is about prayer. It's 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 also about touch and it's also about full disclosure. So, the touch part is pretty simple. The, the woman knows that if she just touch Jesus, she'll be healed, and he perceives power goes out of himself and looks around for who touched him because he recognizes that that power like that uh, only happens with touch. I think we often think our words or our looks are the most important thing, but. But to be out of touch with each other is, is the hardest thing in the human condition. To be in touch is life-giving. We also are aware that, that touch is very personal and so there can be bad touch and violent touch. And if we don't check these things out with each other and respect each other's boundaries, then, then misunderstandings result from touch rather than, than connection. But But when we do that, then, then touch is, is a blessing and it's life-giving. Barb had a, a cardiology professor in medical school who said, any patient that comes into you, make sure you, you touch the stethoscope to their body. <laughs> a, because patients expect it, and B, for some people that, that that touch as you move it around might be the only touch that they get that day. and And for them, that might be just enough connection that will allow them to, to talk honestly and disclose things that they might otherwise not. It it might be the one thing that is truly healing for them today, because healing is both science and art. Touch is a powerful thing. But today's gospel lesson, beyond that even, is, is about full disclosure. It's interesting that both Matthew from which we read and Luke shortened this story. Mark is the only one that includes all the details. Mark says there's this woman who has the 12-year flow of blood, and, and she had gone to many physicians and spent all that she had on them, but she grew not better but only worse. Luke drops that out. Matthew drops that out. Maybe their editors, they're editors, they're looking at Mark's gospel and other sources, and editors always shorten things. Maybe they thought the only thing that was important was that the woman uh, had the faith to touch and Jesus affirms it and she's healed. But I think Mark is actually the one who gets it right because he's the one who provides the full disclosure, as uncomfortable as it might have been, because he says she has the 12-year flow of blood. and And Implicit in that for the Jewish audience that would have read this in the first place was she was religiously unclean all the time as a result, which meant she really shouldn't be touching any adults including her own husband. And, and so who knows what this, what this disease has done to her relationship, to intimacy in her life, to her ability to connect with anybody else, to be, in a sense, an untouchable. And, and so then you can understand her despair and, and seeking healing, and plus, She was probably anemic and exhausted at all times, and so she spends everything she has on physicians, but she never gets better, and she only gets worse. And so when Jesus appears, you can imagine her her desperation and also her inner dialogue as she says to herself, I can't touch him, I'll make him unclean. Everything in her Jewish upbringing tells her, you cannot do this, you cannot touch him. But even more important to that is the fact that she is exhausted all the time. She is an untouchable, perhaps, even to her own husband. She cannot live anymore. She is not healed. And so she reaches out and touches him. Only when you have the full disclosure of the plight and the the pain of this woman do you understand why she does what she does. And, And then can you comprehend Jesus's graciousness in this story because he looks around and then and then she throws herself before him in a sense begging for mercy I shouldn't have touched you I shouldn't have touched you but he is awed by her faith and and in a moment she she's healed not only in her body but in her spirit it's such an amazing and powerful story this gospel lesson it's about prayer it's about touch it's about full disclosure uh, we still need full disclosure in, in our world. Hey, I mean, I don't understand, honestly, the, the trend in some parts of our society to say uh, we shouldn't have full disclosure, we shouldn't teach in our schools, you know, in great detail about slavery or segregation or the fact that women couldn't vote until 103 years ago or treatment of Native Americans in this country. Uh, because I think people who say that are always, they, they, they don't want to be blamed for it and, and kind of the discomfort that creates. But In our better moments, teaching about all that isn't about blaming somebody. I mean, literally the people who did that aren't alive anymore. Uh, it's, it's no longer a blame game, but the stories should be told and they should be told over and over again because it's, it's, about, it's about the authenticity of the people who have been hurt by it over the generations and the centuries and who are still hurt by it, by various situations and, and prejudices in our society. Their stories need to be told so that the rest of us can walk in their shoes just a little bit and, and upon hearing them. Um, it's it's healing for all. It puts us in touch with each other's stories. And the truth is, somebody has to, sometimes has to tell a story a dozen times, and, and maybe you get bored listening to it, but that's the only way they can work it through. And, and other times, they, they tell the story a dozen times, and they could have just told it once, but it's clear that the listener can't or won't or is unable to hear it and maybe only on that 13th time can they fully hear the pain of another person. We've all had pain in our lives and so then suddenly there's a point of connection. This gospel lesson today, it's about prayer and it's about touch and it's about full disclosure. In 1984 I was doing my clinical pastoral education in Chicago. Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's Medical Center is what it was called then. And I was called to a room one night of a man who was dying of this unusual but seemingly communicable sarcoma. It wouldn't be called AIDS for a couple of years yet. Uh, but the medical staff was already aware that was uniquely affecting the gay community and so they they made me aware coming in that the that the man was from a Highly uh, Irish Catholic family and 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 uh, he had taken great pains to make sure they did not know he was gay because they would disown him if they did. and And so the staff had made sure that the man's partner and the man's family were never visiting at the same time. So aware of all of these issues of non-disclosure, I go into the room, and it's nightfall, and they don't want the lights on. They just want the darkness, and the man's near his end. And they asked for a prayer, and so I say a good Protestant prayer with them, you know, it's personal, it's about them, it's for the man, and then I vaguely add, and for anybody else who may have known him or, or been blessed by him and, and in his life, and when I'm done, they, they thank me for the prayer. But I'm wearing a collar, and I think they assumed I was Catholic, and they say, Father, can you, can you take us through the rosary? Now, I was raised in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, where am I going to have a rosary? Uh, or even know the rosary, but thanks be to God, I at least knew the rosary. And they they probably were puzzled why I didn't have one, but they loaned one to me. And so we began to say the rosary together and we said it over and over again, this repetitious, not at all personal prayer, but it was profoundly important for them to say it. It, it gave them a little light in a moment of such darkness. and And they prayed it until he was gone. And and stories like that never leave you um, in in part because it it was so incomplete. Uh, Today's gospel lesson, it's it's about prayer, it's about touch, it's about full disclosure, and we're human beings. How often do all three of those things happen at one time? Most of our situations, uh, maybe only one of them is present (laughs) at best. But, but even if just one of those three is present, it's better than nothing. And in fact, it's, it's a powerful thing to, to fully disclose. Honesty is healing, touch is healing, prayer is healing and powerful when done with an awareness of the presence of God. If I just touch his cloak, if I just say the rosary, if, if we just pray for our loved one with the prayer, our answers as I said, if, if I just do that, it will be a prayer, and I will be heard, and God will be good. We don't say God is perfect. We just say God is good because we can aspire to goodness, not perfection, but goodness. And every once in a while, we, we get close to the kingdom of God because there is prayer, and there is touch, and there is full disclosure. In moments like that, um, you, you do sense the presence of the kingdom of God. I hope you will work on these things and think about these things and at some point you will be grappling with something and you will say to yourself, I I need to be a better person, I can be a better person, I want to be a better person, I said to myself. And you will be aware of the presence of God and you will especially be aware that that prayer, I need to be a better person, I said to myself is actually maybe, maybe, the prayer God most wants to hear and is surest to answer.